This is Still in the Clear, the podcast that distills the art and science of home distilling into easy-to-follow, audible nuggets for the beginning moonshiner. This information is for education and entertainment purposes only. You could even call it fiction if you want to. Home distilling may be illegal in your area. I'm your host, Cyrus, and I'm just a guy that lives in the woods and likes to make shine. So let's get into it. Listen, I just wanted to ask a favor before we start the episode. When working to gain exposure for this podcast, it helps to have reviews and ratings. So I'm asking for your help by going to podchaser.com to leave a review for this podcast. Let others know what you think about the show and help us grow at the same time. Thanks. Now let's get to the show. Okay, Shiners, today we're going to talk about making cuts and blending. And thanks to Tomcat over in the Moonshine for Beginners group at MeWe.com for the suggestion of the topic today. First, something we need to understand about cutting and blending is that it's highly subjective. Everyone has their own tastes and preferences and Uh, this is where a lot of that happens. So whether you're running a a pot still or reflux still or whatever kind of still, you're going to be making cuts. And this process starts with the spirit run. Or, you know, maybe you're making a single pot still run, um, which is kind of like a spirit run. Or you've done a stripping run and now you're doing a spirit run. Uh, we're going to separate the run into individual chronological parts. We'll do this by using multiple jars and keeping what we collect in that jar the whole time and using a new jar each time, saving all of those jars in a chronological order. And the smaller the jars are that you use, the more cuts you'll be making and the more specific you'll be able to get with the choices you make about what to keep and what to faint. And that's going to lead us into this episode's Shiner Speak. We're going to get snackered. I tell you what, boy, man, I want to get old messed up. It just blew our mind. It's a free seat to dang old wind, man. Faints are the rejected parts of the run from your final spirit run or your single run. This does not include four shots. We cut them out of the final product and collect them together to do other things later, um, which we'll talk about at the end of this episode. And the feints will mostly include heads and tails. Now, there are different ways to do cuts and blending, uh, but the first step is basically the same for no matter how you're going to blend. As you make your run, you'll be collecting it in small jars like pints. And if you run a really small steel, like say five gallons or smaller, you may even want to go with jars that are smaller than pints. Maybe those small jelly jars or even you can use baby food jars. Uh, But just remember that the more divisions you have to work with, the more specific you can be with the profile of your final product. 
Now, as you collect the run in these jars, you want to be sure to label the chronological progression of the jars so that you don't mix up the order of the run. Uh, it's not impossible to do your blending if you get that order mixed up, but it does make it much more difficult. So keep track of the chronological order of each jar. And it can be a good idea too, in fact, it's recommended to smell each jar as it's coming off the steel to get a sense of how the product changes across the run. And this gives you the opportunity to make some uh, kind of general notes as you go. But keep in mind that these smells can change as each jar has a chance to sit and air out and kind of breathe. If you're going to run right after, if you're going to blend right after you make the run, then it's not recommended to taste each jar because by the end of the run, you will have blown out your palate for the blending and being able to taste subtle shifts in flavor. Now, if you're going to let the jars breathe for 24 hours or so, then it doesn't matter. You can taste each, each jar as it's coming off the still. Uh, just to kind of give yourself, maybe you want to make notes uh, or just to get an idea of what each part, part of the run tastes like. And if you want to really nerd out about the hobby, you can proof each jar, take detailed notes about where the ABV is in relation to different smells or tastes. But every recipe is going to be different. So none of this data that you collect during a run is going to be transferable to other runs with different recipes. And sometimes even within the same recipe on a different run, you're going to find different results. And just as a note here, I think the people who will get the most out of going all out with the cutting process and getting really detailed and diving deep into the complexity of the notes and the data are those people with a strong ability to pick up on subtle shifts of flavor, smell, or texture. And so like, if you're like me and lack this ability, then getting super specific with the process will really just be for the hobby of it because the art of flavor and texture blending is lost on those of us who can't pick up on those subtle changes. We just know what we like and uh, what we don't like and and but can't really make complex descriptions and notes about it. You know what I mean? So for those of you who are really sensitive, uh, getting really deep in the complexity here uh, will benefit you greatly. Now, this isn't to say that people like me shouldn't go through this process. I just think it's sufficient for us less sensitive people to not get deep into the weeds with the complexity of notes and data. Okay, all right, back back to the process. So we're collecting the run in individual jars, and we're going to take some basic notes as we go. These notes are going to be our reference points for when we start the blending process. And the first thing we're looking for is a distinct change in the smell from an antiseptic-type smell to a slightly sweet or grassy smell uh, is kind of how I describe it. 
but you may perceive these smells differently than me. But the point is that the smell will have a distinct change when the run is shifting out of the heads and into the hearts. And it may take some practice to get good at noticing exactly when this occurs. But you want to take a note of which jar or couple of jars sometimes where you notice this uh, shift in smell. And this is just a reference for later. And then the next note you want to try and find is the, is at the center of the hearts where the smell should have a, a really kind of clean and mostly neutral tone. Uh, and then you take a note of which jar you're noticing that. And then finally uh, will be the transition from hearts into the tails. And for me, I kind of get a, a stronger... I get stronger, more flavorful smells is kind of how I know where that's happening. And these are going to be our three reference points to start our blending. Um, now, you can take your run as low as you want to. And with some recipes, you'll find some really good stuff, really low in the tails that you may want to add to your final blend. But where you stop uh, the steel, where you stop the run is up to you. Now the run is finished, and we have several jars labeled in chronological order, uh, and we want to start blending. So the simplest method for blending is to keep all of what you labeled as hearts. You, you made a note where there was a change from heads to hearts, and you made a note from where there was a change from hearts to tails. So you take everything in between those two notes, everything in between those two jars, and you call it hearts, and that's it. And then you'll want to individually smell and taste the jars of heads and the jars of tails, and you're looking for one or two or three jars that consists of something that you like. Maybe it's a really good texture that you like, and the smell's not bad, and the taste isn't bad, or maybe there's a really good flavor that you like, and, you know, you're just... You're individually tasting them and making a decision. Do I want to add this to the final product or do I not? Because it's not like there is one point in the heads where things start tasting better and then it reaches the middle of the hearts and things start progressively tasting worse. There can be little surprises throughout the entire run, somewhere in the heads, somewhere in the tails, where there's just a surprisingly a good flavor and you want to add it in with the hearts. If you want to take it up a notch, you can start at the reference note you made for the center of the tails. And you're going to smell and taste every jar in the run, as opposed to the first method was just accepting the hearts as you labeled them during the run. In this process, you can, we're going to taste every jar, smell and taste every jar. And you want to start at the center where you, the note that you took that said that you thought that this is the center of the hearts and you want to start smelling and tasting each jar down through the tails. And you're looking for that very specific place where you're going to say, okay, these, these are no longer hearts. This is moving into tails. And those jars, maybe it's, you know, jars five through 10, you're calling hearts. Or, or whatever the numbers are. Um, 
And then you do the same for the heads. You start at the center of the hearts and you smell and taste up through the heads, deciding what you're going to keep and what you're going to faint. When tasting and blending with this method, we do we go specifically from the center of the hearts to the tails first. Because if you go from the hearts to the heads first, you're going to blow out your palate sooner due to the sharpness of the heads. And then when you go back to the hearts and then move into the tails, you're kind of... Uh, your senses are dulled at that point because the heads are can be so sharp. And just a note here about tasting. You should swish a mouthful of water between each sip to cleanse your pal- to cleanse your palate. And that'll help your ability to pick up on the subtle flavors between jars. And there are other methods for uh blending, but I believe these two are the simplest to start with. You can start there and you can develop your own little system for doing it. Uh, get on the WeberNet and you can find all kinds of other methods for blending. But that's those are the two I recommend, especially for the beginner. Now, you've finished blending and you have a batch of faints, which are what we've decided are not going to go in the final product. And what a lot of shiners do with those faints is add them to the next spirit run because within those jars of what you decided wasn't good enough to go into your final product, there are still good parts in there, but they're not, uh, they're not strong enough to take that whole jar and put it in with your final product. But if you collect all of that and add it to your next spirit run, a portion of those good parts that were still in those jars can be extracted in the next run. And uh, another thing you can do is just collect multiple batches of your faints until you have enough to do a full run of just faints, which people call a faints run. And that's basically it. So... I hope you enjoy the journey of learning the cuts and blending the flavors that you like. And I hope this information was helpful. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Share this episode with people you think might enjoy it. That would be much appreciated. It'll sure help our show grow. And don't forget, doing is improving. Have a good one. Talk to y'all next week.